0: One, What is up all you sexy motherfuckers out there in Radio Land? It's your girl Sapphire and I am back with a brand new episode and I am so excited to have this couple in particular reach out and come on to the show because they're really doing some good work through social media. Again, I am so fortunate that, you know, with the help of social media I'm able to connect myself with like-minded individuals and I am just thrilled and excited to have all of Olive in Austin, almost said Olivia, Olive in Austin, <laughs> also known as Polly Amory Dating Advice on Instagram. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you. Really
0: <laughs> appreciate you. There. No, thank you. I mean, you guys started your account, I want to say a couple months ago, right? Yeah. And it seems like the community has just welcomed you with open arms on so many different levels. absolutely it's just beautiful that you the two of you run this page together because i see a lot of um polyamorous pages out there that are you know mostly just ran by a singular person mostly female or female identifying and or non-binary um identifying but you never really see a lot of couples especially younger couples let's be real you know (laughs) who are really out there Married like yourself, and really, you know, just opening us up to your relationship and advice. So, walk us through the journey. Like, how did you guys just decide, like, hey, we're gonna do this? We're gonna open the doors, you know, of our private life, make it public. You know, walk us through it. Absolutely. I love it when couples (laughs) look at each other to be like, all right, who's talking first on this? Who's taking it? All
1: right, so, um, We have been together for almost six years, and um, the polyamory page is new as of a couple months ago because we really only started being polyamorous about a year ago. Um, I would say we got into non-monogamy, like monogamish back in 2018, and we were always like not very jealous people, um, always trying to be um, independent and celebrate our differences while being in a couple as well. And um, we were just more of like the, oh, it's okay, we can kiss our friends. That's like that's that's fine. <laughs> and then um, when we moved out from Florida to Colorado is when we really realized that being polyamorous was an option and being non-monogamous was like very normal out here Uh, and that's when we started our polyamory page to document our journey and also to be able to um, create community and reach out to members of the community because we were just trying to get as much information as possible about um, being ethical and, you know, doing the right thing. We're opening up our relationship and bringing in other people. And that's where we wanted to um, make sure we're doing things the right way. And, you know, if we make mistakes like everyone will, we're okay to document that too.
0: Absolutely. I love how it's just real and honest because I feel like, and maybe you guys uh, feel the same way or see this like trend of polyamory all of a sudden, but it's just like, I love how, I mean, I don't love, I'm being sarcastic (laughs) on the loving part, but I do. It's just funny to see how it's always, people wanna portray like the glitz and glamor of polyamory and you know make it seem like we got this in the bag y'all it's good there's no jealousy there's no breakups and then it's like really okay
2: (laughs) yeah no warts and all Yeah, you gotta show the full spectrum of it because i think this is an issue we have in society with monogamous relationships too where we try to show like these perfect couples and couples with no issues and that just agree on everything and it's much more uh different than that in real life like you're gonna have disagreements you're gonna have arguments your jealousy will come up sometimes and you just have to deal with that as people and talk and communicate and work together
0: 1000 percent, and that's what we're gonna get into tonight in fact is you know Teaching folks out there, and not just even teaching, but just having an open conversation. Because, as polyamorous folks, I feel like whenever you address that you're poly or polyamorous—let me not say poly—that you're polyamorous, uh the first thing that people say, mostly monogamous people, will say, "Well, don't you get jealous?" And yes. what, what's this word, <laughs> "compersion"? That I hear, and and checking in, and I'm like wow, we got a lot to talk about (laughs) and we're at a party. We're just having a good time. But it seems like everybody seems to just jump to the whole jealousy factor or the fact that they think it's just a sex thing that someone is just satisfying the sexual needs that their other partner can't satisfy or because like for me, yeah, I'm in a polyamorous relationship with a, my primary who is a man. But as I tell people, I'm mostly gay. I love right. women more. And, you know, people are like, well, then isn't that just you being selfish and you're not being your true by self? And I'm like, no, just because I'm attracted to this one man, he's, you know, we're allowing each other to freely love who we want to love, but also strengthen our relationships. You know.
1: absolutely. I relate to that so much oh yeah, my we're God. literally in the same boat <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like had the conversation recently even about like my sexuality being fluid and just like like I we are not a one like a one penis policy um, couple like that is not who we are but for me personally, I'm just not looking for a relationship with like a cis head guy. And I find myself more attracted to um, women, women presenting it, or just women in general or non-binary folks. Um, that's just kind of where I'm at.
0: Austin, where do you stand in your sexuality?
1: I
2: am definitely straight. Um, I you know, can respect that another gentleman looks fly, looks dapper, <laughs> but um, I've never had a sexual desire uh, towards another man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up with gay aunts and from a young age, I just have always understood like you love who you love and it doesn't matter how they identify, how you identify. Love is love, baby.
0: I love that. Because honestly, it's just, I think you and I, Olive, can definitely relate. It's just, it makes it feel good that you can have your cis hetero partner who is 100% supportive of you exploring yes. your sexuality. Meanwhile, make sh- making sure, you know, Homestead is good and vice versa, right, right. you know, going out on dates, you know, Austin's going out on another date with a female and, you know, trying to be comfortable and composing, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that everything is, is good and, and just, you know, being happy that he's exploring, but also making sure at the same time, Everything's good when you come home to each other. So let's get into that. How do you guys tackle jealousy and compersion in your relationship? And if you want to define what jealousy in your eyes and compersing, if you will, like let's talk about it.
2: Okay. Um, so I guess we'll start off with the definitions. So to me, i like compersion i like that emotion better so we'll start there (laughs) um you know everyone always describes it as the opposite of jealousy but what it really means to me is getting a like almost a high or a happiness off of seeing my partner happy, and even when they're with other people uh, that are not myself and that's just such a It's a warm feeling to me, it's a positive feeling, and it makes me feel really set and self-assured that I am able to experience this range of emotions and that much love for somebody that you can just appreciate them being happy. Um, Jealousy to me is a feeling that we feel when maybe an insecurity is coming up within ourselves or we are feeling a little bit uncomfortable about a new situation uh, that we're unfamiliar with arising. So we cling on to the idea of what we currently have. Um, and working through jealousy is breaking down those barriers and saying, why am I so stuck in this way? Why do I want things to play out this way? You know, is it okay that things are changing? And most of the time it is. And it has nothing to do with you as a person. It, that your partner wants to explore more. They're figuring
1: out who they are in
0: this lifetime. I almost teared up. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. So
1: sweet, right? Oh, my God.
0: Because honestly, I know I talked to you guys a bit about this off air, but like that's what I'm dealing with right now. It's, you know, I'm questioning where do I stand on my polyamorous journey? Am I polysaturated? Yes. But at the same time, it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no time. Like, listen, my, my, Google Calendar is a mess. It's disgusting. Like, it's every day of the week, there's something between my 13-hour work schedule and the fact that my primary and I, we just moved in together. He also has, you know, another girlfriend who I used to be with. And Mm, mm -hmm. so trying to find time with that, and she has a baby. So it's just, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot that we are all trying to figure out. So I do find myself, you know jealous sometimes of the time spent only because it's like there there was even a a discussion in one of our recent check-ins it was more of like I feel like I only see you at nighttime. which let's be honest you're tired you might not have like the sex drive that you want I have a high sex drive like listen I'd like to get it in when I get it (laughs) but at the same time it's like I don't just want to see you at night i don't want to just exactly yeah you know and it's so i I, i'm like trying to be happy for the fact that he is still with a woman i i still love and adore and but i'm just you know trying to figure out that dynamic you know it's still a polycule family i love their baby to death it's not my primary's baby it's her and her husband's baby I love that family to death, but at the same time, do I get a little jealous? Yeah, do I does it sting sometimes when I reach in for a hug and they reach in for a kiss? Right. Or worse. So, <laughs> and all of I think you guys, yeah, you guys recently had a public breakup. And how and, did you how did that all work out with what we're talking about?
2: Before we even get into that, Olive just saw her for the first time this morning. Um, wow. That, since the breakup. I
0: um, mean, if you mind, walk us through like the feelings. How did that?
1: Right. Um, so that was definitely had to do some processing this morning um, with Austin. And that's one thing with couples privilege, I'm grateful. Um, where I do have Austin that kind of help me process through the breakup still, um, but just had to process feelings of like, does she want me to come to this event that I was, like he was invited to and I was feeling like, I don't wanna just show up or I don't know, it's weird, but in any kind of monogamous setting, I guess Austin would be okay to bring his partner. Mm-hmm. So that's where I was feeling like, I don't want to intrude. I don't want to put myself where I'm not wanted. But I think that was something that I just put in my own head that I was not wanted there. And um, it was nice to see her again. And we got to see her sing. She's a singer and oh. composer. And uh, she was dancing. And, um, yeah, we went up and saw her afterwards. It was the first time I had seen her and um, gave her a hug and they went in for a kiss, you know, and that was, a, a, it was okay. Like, I'm like, I'm here. I'm still here. But it's just, that's definitely been a little bit of a challenge of now transitioning from being in a triad relationship into being like in a V hinge of where Austin and her are still um, yeah, kind of maintaining some form of relationship. And then Austin and I still are married and have a relationship. And then she and I are trying to work out kind of where we stand with each other and what a future friendship looks like.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, I, I sympathize 1000% because it's hard. You know, th- yeah. again, these are things that people, unless if they're living the lifestyle fully, they're not going to completely understand. For and sure. <laughs> even like when I try to explain it, they're like, how the hell do you not get mad? I'm like, I can't be <laughs> mad. Like, right, right. it wasn't a messy breakup, you know? Listen, the funny thing that I take from it is that the fact that we broke up on Mother's Day, Okay i take her to brunch we're having a nice brunch and we amicably broke up because we knew that things were shifting mm-hmm. legit the next day she gave birth to this beautiful baby boy oh, wow. wow! right so i'm just like did did this breakup cause this boy to come <laughs> and be like hey i'm here i'm the peacemaker it's going to be all good <laughs> but uh-huh. it's you know it's a beautiful thing how life works and again i'm i'm fortunate that i still do have somewhat of a friendship when she's not busy being a single right, mom right right but yeah it it does it is weird to find like where do you stand and and i personally have never really dealt with a breakup per se like yeah I mean, I had an ex, but it it wasn't as intense as the relationships that I've formed now. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. It was toxic. It was abusive. It was a year and a half too long. I wasn't respected for my sexuality. And that's also what kind of shifted in my head. Like, hmm, I was fine having sex with whoever. Then I met this man, Benjamin. And then I realized... And him and I, we both realized, ironically, during a Pride event, that after talking to one of our friends and seeing how their polyamorous relationship was working, we're like, we're pretty much on that same spectrum. Why don't we explore this together? And also, likewise, we've been together for almost six years. It'll be our six years as of next January. Um, That's us too. Oh, love it. <laughs> what day? Uh, oh my God, I have to revert <laughs> back, but I want to say it's like January twentieth. I always have to resort to like one photo because, like, yes. for me, the love it's it's the love anniversary where we say I love you. That was um the start of a six year, or technically three years, oh. being like solely like I love you. Five and a half into six years, that would be July when we had our first date. Because after oh, that, it was okay. just kind of like, he yeah. fucked me up. That's how I right. it. <laughs> <laughs> He fucked it all the way up. I'm like, oh my God, this was not supposed to happen the way it did, but it did. But I digress. You know, it's just <laughs> everybody deals with jealousy and compersion. And, you know, I know that people say like, and me, like I want to know, like, how do you guys deal with when one of you guys, because obviously you live together, um, gotta ask, one or two bedrooms?
1: One. one bedroom.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let me be real. This is the situation that we're in right now. Like, we're trying to try and decide if we need one bedroom or two. We're like set that we need two bedrooms, but how do you deal with dates? And like, you know, how do you have like a whole if they're coming over, they can't spend the night? You know, how does that affect, you know, if jealousy is creeping in or compersing, you know, the fact that someone might be coming over and they're not included because yeah. not every poly situation is involved with threesomes, orgies and whatnot. Absolutely. So Correct. how do you guys, how does that manage? Like, how does date management happen?
2: Um, well, so far, because we're still new to opening up the relationship and dating. Um, so I would say to combine, we've gone through a handful of dates in the last month, and three of them have ended up coming back to our apartment after the date. Um, Together? I,
0: yes. Okay.
2: Um, one of the times, Olivia was just tired, and she went to bed in our bedroom, and we just hung out in the living room. We have this uh, big couch that pulls out and can kind of turn into a a bed. We mm-hmm. call it the
1: cuddle couch. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. So we got it specifically once we started being polyamorous and dating. We're like, we are going to have more than two people in this couch. So we <laughs> need to be able to sit at least like four comfortably.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking into a California king like
1: yes, and a bigger so. sofa.
0: It just... <laughs> When I moved in by myself, I wasn't planning on having my primary move in. And then that shifted earlier this year during quarantine. we're like, Mm -hmm. well, fuck, what are we going to do here? (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no. uh, So the couch has kind of become like the designated area. If you want to hang out and the other person either hangs out with the group, goes to bed or... Um, started door dashing kind of as another way to get in some income nice and um, that's a healthy thing that you can do at any time so if she's like I want to have someone over for three hours or whatever I can go work that three hours and just kind of make money and not have to worry about (laughs) uh, being there and being in the way because that's the last thing I want I want them to feel like they're welcome to have a space to form a connection and
0: Absolutely. Do whatever they
2: want
0: to do. Absolutely. And I think that even in monogamous relationships, people can really take good lessons from polyamory. Whether it being yes. the whole checking in, compersing, dealing with jealousy, because let's face it, even if you're monogamous, there is still jealousy in there. People get jealous Absolutely. of you know, the time being spent with friends, coworkers you work too much that's a jealousy factor yes you know so i'm glad that you have that balance because again i even know some polyamorous couples that are like oh no we don't do that it's either like you have a date and that's it and you know you got to go over there they can't come over here and i'm like well that's not fair because yeah
1: exactly it's like limiting the love and limiting connections I mean it's always helpful when the other person's able to host
0: absolutely
1: um so that's helpful and I'm always like going to bed early and I sleep pretty sound so I'm like (laughs) if you're cool with like hanging out on the patio or here like I'm okay if you're okay with that like I'm not trying to cramp your style or anything um But I think being um, like having compersion for your partner in like a monogamous relationship could look like, you know, I'm so happy for you when you spend time with your girlfriends. Like, I'm so happy for you when you have a night out with the guys. Like, I'm so happy to see you thriving at work instead of like, oh, you're working too much, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think where folks in monogamous relationships don't take it the step further is they don't go, you're working too much. I'm feeling left out. I'm feeling neglected. Are, do you still like me? Do you still want to be with me? And if they could just ask those questions, the partner could say, absolutely, honey, but I live in capitalistic America and I need to work. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to make some money. But what I'm hearing is you would like to spend some more time together how can we do that can we go on a date or something to absolutely like fix that and i think a lot of problems can just be solved by hey i'm feeling this way and instead of the other person hearing like an attack on them just trying to take a step back and say okay this is how they're feeling it's not necessarily have to do with me but is there a way that we can bring harmony into the situation 1,000%.
0: 1000%. And even even with the breakups and everything it's just like you got to have that communication. You know, yes. I, I hate when I hear couples of any, you know, shape or form say, you know, we only check in when shit is bad. I'm like, "Why?" Right. You know, why yeah. not check in by like we do bi-weekly check-ins. You know, even if it's like the smallest nice. bit of things. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to be able to you got to fix home first before you go out in the world. Whatever yes. you're doing, you know, you got to fix home first because that's what you're you're coming home to. That's what you feel loved, secure. You want to feel secure and able in your relationship and be able to communicate that at all costs. Walking on eggshells all day, like, who wants that? That's uncomfortable no. as hell. No. Right. right,
2: yeah. I think you made a great point um, with having those set, times to check in with each other because we have done that as well and that was something that we did pretty well when we were in the triad mm-hmm. our relationship uh we would always you know check in sit at a table and just say you know how's everyone feeling are there new partners that we should know about Is there, you know just kind of making sure that everyone's needs are met and that we're all being open and honest with each other because you know polyamory is not for those of the faint heart that (laughs) don't like communicating or talking through their feelings
0: my eyes got real big because it's the truth (laughs)
2: it's a it's a hard hard process of opening up but once you start doing it you just want to continue to do it all the time it like wants to flow out and Mm -hmm. i have found myself being almost too honest with people in my life now um and you know big part what like we came out to my parents and uh, family that we were you know starting this polyamorous journey together and oh wow that was fun and you know explaining to my 85 year old grandma who was very close <laughs> to both of us you know she had a hard time with it but I wanted to be honest with everyone in my life once I started to be polyamorous because I just saw the benefits to open communication and never holding anything back.
0: Absolutely. It's funny, my my 91-year-old grandmother, she the like when I explained it to her, she's like, Oh honey, I had options too when I was <laughs> young, and I'm like, what wait, what? <laughs> Dana, what? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're like wait so polyamory it goes back down the generations you know it's not this
0: new thing that just happened over quarantine because again i feel like there are more people coming out of you know covid saying like yo i'm poly i'm this and i'm like hold on
1: yes poly?
0: are you polyamorous or are you you know just in an open situation
1: Yes, and there are differences between the two. Huge. And, and that is definitely something i found where I kind of start like doing little clues out there like, oh, okay, so you're polyamorous. Do you feel compersion? Um, and not every polyamorous person has to feel compersion, but if they haven't heard of the word compersion, if they don't have any like normal ways of handling jealousy or like jealousy doesn't exist it's like those are kind of i'm trying to listen for red flags now Absolutely. of like maybe this person is not polyamorous but really just wants to have sex with multiple people and that's okay but don't go under the guise of i want to have a loving connection and a full emotional connection connection with you and then turn out to be, no, actually, I just wanted to have a lot of sex and I am very sex positive and I think that's okay, but it's just about, um, communicating what you want, like from the very beginning. And I think that's something monogamous folks could take a lesson from too of like, in Tinder, hey, I am looking for, you know, someone to go on dates with me and potentially we could work up to being a girlfriend and boyfriend situation or something. Or I'm just looking for a very casual friends with benefits situation. That's kind of something we do on dating apps is polyamorous people. And we try and be very upfront. Like, Hey, I have a husband. Like I'm, we are open. There's no expectation of you dating him. We're not unicorn hunting. Like, Try to be very upfront from the beginning, and then let that person make the decision. Do they want to continue pursuing me? If they don't like that I'm polyamorous, then probably not a good match. 1, and no need to force that.
0: One thousand percent. I think my biggest annoyance is when you're vibing with someone, and of course, like I always read the bios first because, yes. and I've definitely had the people like, I didn't say that. I was like, well, your bio states otherwise. Like. Don't tell me, hey, I'm polyamorous as well, and then you say, well, no couples. And I make it very clear, like, hey, I'm solo monogamous or yes. solo polyamorous on my journey. If you want to be a part of my coupledom, please. That that's something I will be open to. But right. I am not actively saying, like, yo, I'm poly, I'm polyamorous. Oh my god, Megan, stop saying that. I'm polyamorous. <laughs> And, you know, I'm just looking for a three-way. No, I, I'm selfish. I'm selfish <laughs> at times. I want to date you. That's why I'm reaching out yes. to you. We're not together and reaching out to you. you yes. Right. So, and I think that's, again, you know, errors on all, all forms because... You know, not everybody is perfect. Not everyone is perfect. No one truly knows how to form the perfect polyamorous relationship. And if you are saying that, then you do have some flaws yes. that have just not come out yet.
2: You <laughs> exactly. know
0: So it's like, yeah, you you do have to be careful with your wording on these dating apps, just like you would, you know, just meeting a person on the street. It's so funny because last night I went to um, a friend's party. And I forgot how even the word and the concept of us being polyamorous came up. I think it was because this very cute, attractive uh, woman was like, this is my partner. And I was like, and my uh, Ben and I, we both looked at each other. We're like, oh, shit. We don't hear the word partnered, you know, unless they're you know possibly polyamorous. Um, Of course they weren't. (laughs) I was just like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. And then, you know, she was like, at first I thought I was polyamorous, but then I just realized I was just in an open relationship. And I'm like, I'm glad that you noted that because there are a lot of people who would say opposite and try to fight me on it all the time. So it's very, it's, it's very interesting how now polyamory and being polyamorous is all of a sudden becoming in everybody's vocabulary, but everything gets so lost in translation
1: yes i'm hearing it like all over tv and like (sighs) oh this new actress is she's polyamorous now because she had a threesome i'm like (laughs) okay i mean there's a lot of things to unpack there
0: (laughs) right i think it was oh so go on austin i'm sorry
2: just i i was getting like triggered to all the uh, bad takes about will smith's relationship uh, that are all over the internet and how, examples of why this doesn't work. And, oh, and yeah. It's just I don't know.
1: polyamory is not a band aid yeah. for a relationship that's failing already. And spicing up the relationship is never a great idea. You should go to couples therapy first before adding a new dynamic.
0: It's funny that you both just mentioned that because attached earbuds to this episode today, you guys are getting a bonus interview with a director, Corey Byam, and he basically explored the world of polyamory through a very comedic lens of couples therapy, dealing with polyamorous couples. Um, Straight monogamous couple decided to go into exploring polyamory. They seek help into a polyamorous help group and things go awry when they realize that maybe this might not be for them but because of the situation that they got trapped in and it just so happens the night that they're involved is on role play night things happen and it's funny because mm. i had to tell them um, some of the dialogue you know i was like hey Corey, like you know there's gonna be some polyamorous couples out there that are, you know, like myself are gonna say, like, it's not just three ways. It's not about spicing up the relationship. Exactly. You know, like you just said, um, Olive, like, you gotta go to group, like, you gotta go to therapy sessions first. I think regardless of who you are, what you are, everybody deserves therapy. And ironically, it is World Mental Health Day. Mental health is important and vital to every individual, to every relationship, are you guys um, currently in therapy, or do you like? What do you guys do oh. at times when there's like a disconnect or miscommunication?
2: Um, we honestly have been very lucky that we've always had a good, open line of communication and a grasp on each other's feelings to where we are great at working together, we always deal with our problems as they arise and kind of squash them before they grow out of proportion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So luckily we haven't done therapy in a while, but we did for a certain period of time when we were kind of in our monogamish phase of figuring out our journey eventually that led us here. And um, no, but we do therapy individually
1: yes so so we have individual therapy nice um for different things um but i always have the option where um thankfully through the va i can always bring austin in for like a group session if i want to
0: that's beautiful i i myself have been in therapy since last november um my partner he was doing therapy sessions which he's starting back up again as well and it's just it's a beautiful thing when you can communicate and be transparent on all levels and that's like-minded of how our relationship is we're very like i i like to tell people that sometimes we're more more clear than a glass of water like (laughs) there's just nothing that doesn't you know there's nothing that's left unsaid. We don't go to bed angry. We don't wake up angry, you know. Yeah, we don't do that either. Yeah, it's like, you, and especially, you got to work 10 times harder in polyamorous relationships. Because again, yes. it's not just you and Austin. It's you and Austin, Austin with other people, all of you with other people, maybe other people together at some point. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of work that puts into it. And I tell people all the time, like, hey, you're considering this route, but you haven't fixed that, that that other ground relationship. How are you going to bring in somebody and maybe together? Because if right. I was brought in as a third or even a fourth, how awkward is that when you're brought into a situation and this couple is just fighting
1: oh yeah oh my gosh
2: I <laughs> could, could not imagine
1: that's where we really try to like not be that couple like when we were dating um and being in like triad dynamics we did not want to be the couple who's like fighting each other or setting rules or vetoes or anything like that like we tried to recognize and unpack our couple's privilege and like the relationship hierarchy and we tried to see each other all as like a very even um playing ground kind of thing. I love like that. just look at each other as all autonomous humans and able to respect each other's boundaries in that way.
0: Absolutely. Because honestly, that's that's where the problems lie. When you start setting like the rules and the boundaries, but it becomes more of a like one-sided rule where it's yes. like oh well you can't go down on that person But I'm going to go down on th- Like no that's that's not fair That's not right. fair at Thank all you. And then like for myself I'm herpes positive So you know there were modifications That had to be mm-hmm. made You know there were things that made me uncomfortable Because I wasn't able to Physically experience that for a while Until I was given the okay So you know My primary partner took it upon himself To be like Well, then if it's making you uncomfortable, I'm not going to do that, that aspect anymore until you are comfortable with me, you know, doing those things in the safe manner, of course. That's nice. You know, it's like, those are the compromises. It's okay to compromise and meet each other halfway because as my therapist told me, she's like, it shouldn't be your partnership's. Or partnership shouldn't be just fifty-fifty. It's one hundred percent you, one hundred percent them, and one hundred percent together all the way. You know, you it's exactly. even playing field.
1: Yeah, we had a situation that came up probably like a month or so ago, where Austin had and this was after the breakup and we had kind of transitioned to a more open relationship Um, but we hadn't had that talk yet. So I guess like he had someone on the dating app that was like, I'm horny, come over, let's have sex. (laughs) And he's kind of like, oh, like I haven't had this opportunity, like that sounds like a cool idea. And I was still hurting from the breakup and like it was a very like last minute kind of thing. And so I just expressed like, I don't really feel comfortable with this and Austin didn't do that. And then kind of the next day he helped me talk through like can we talk about it um this is maybe something i do want to explore it kind of how do you feel about that and we were able to talk through and like compromise in a way where i was comfortable of like i just want to have a heads up Mm -hmm. i don't want to feel like oh wow i was spending my night with you and now like you're gonna go and have sex with someone else like i'm okay with you having sex with someone else but i I need just a little bit more of a heads up
0: yeah i need time to give myself if like you're gonna go on a date i gotta give myself time and preparation to go on a date as well because that's happened to me as well where you know i was in the mindset like yo i see it on the calendar it's our night and then someone texts you and Granted, yes, a day might be okay before. But in that time and space, because of what I was dealing with, similar to yours, dealing with the breakup happening, him wanting to go out and meet new partners. So I was just like, well, fucking A, I got to deal with the breakup still. (laughs) And now that, you know, we're getting vaccinated and everything, we're fully vaxxed and everything. But also I'm like, is this person that you're about to go see? How safe are they being? You know, I got to worry about new people, new individuals. Yeah. I I need to give myself some time. Like, okay, I try to now, if he has a date and he's going over to someone's house, I try to schedule a date to have a, you know, do my thing. Or take myself out on my own dates, which... Thank God for AMC because I'm a subs member. I go take my ass to a movie, <laughs> you know, after work. That's a great
1: idea, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's just like I'm I'm glad that, you know, likewise individuals like we're we're doing the best that we can to try to make sure that you know, the partnership all around is comfortable. Cuz again, yes. these are things that people really don't understand or talk about unless that they really sit down and talk to someone saying like I need to know all aspects of polyamory and <laughs> how do you deal because again it can it can turn into a jealousy factor. The jealousy it part can. of that is the time spent. Yes. You're taking away of, of time so that's good um, Olive and Austin that you guys were able to kind of find that ground to be like okay heads notice you know keep yourself occupied while i'm occupying myself as well come back to each other everything will be fine yes that i think is healthy navigating
1: and that's where i was happy that he was able to like we were able to have that talk before he just like well i'm just gonna go do this because that's what i want to do And he could have done that. And then that kind of would have led to an argument of just like, dude, like I wasn't feeling comfortable. Can we at least like give me a second to process? And there are couples Um, out
0: there that do that. And I'm just kind of like, Yo, no, if you care about this person. Right, and you that's want, how I feel. Yeah, like if you're involved with multiple people, they, you gotta allow them to express how they feel. And then, yes, I get it. It might be seen as a selfish thing, but if they're not comfortable, why would you leave them vulnerable? You wouldn't leave somebody vulnerable after sex, you give them right. aftercare. Exactly. Give them aftercare and before care before going out on a date. Mm-hmm. I like that yeah. I just
2: I see myself as extremely fortunate and that this is a privilege to be in this lifestyle and to have a wife who allows me to be free and explore my sexuality and explore who I want to be as a person so yeah you gotta put in work and be there for like you said the person who's always there for you and you know if. It means a lot to the other person if you can, you know, take it at their speed and just try to work with them, you know, just because someone tells you, no, you can't do this, or I feel uncomfortable with this, that doesn't mean, no, you can never do this ever in your life. Right. It means it's a no right now, but work with them, discuss, figure out why is this an issue? You know, why are you so afraid. What is the outcome that you're expecting here? How can I make you feel more comfortable? And I don't know. To me, those are just necessary questions and things that we have to process if we want to engage in these types of relationships.
0: Absolutely. Oh my God. You just, I think that you just gave me the title of the episode, which is being polyamorous is a privilege. It is a privilege. You know, because you're putting not just the you in us, you're putting the like the you itself into an us in others. There is that, and it is a privilege because not everybody is granted the ability to love, which is what polyamory is, more to love. You are able to open your heart and your mind, your body, yourself to other individuals and then still come back to the one person you truly do love at the same time. That is a privilege. Oh my gosh!
2: And yeah, so I just I try to remind myself I'm extremely lucky. You know, darn I couldn't go bone some random (laughs) chick off of Tinder, but like there there will be others because I took the time to talk to my partner and just explain like this is something I want to explore, and she was willing to hear me out and work through her own. Discomfort and figure out, you know, why wasn't I okay with this? And now she just went on her on a great date for herself yesterday.
0: Yeah, there you go, there you go. That's and how it works. Make it, it work.
2: And we just gotta practice what we preach.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I think I think that's it, guys. Thank you so much. Um, please let us know. Where can people get in touch with you? Do you have any upcoming events, you know, if people wanted to link up with you? How can they just get more of Olivia or Olive in Austin? Oh my god. Olive in Austin. How can That's we get okay. more of it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um you can follow us at polyamory dating advice on Instagram. Um, we're also on Twitter polyamory DA and um yeah, we're just Really happy to be part of the community and if you wanna follow us individually, his name is uh his at is turn down for watts <laughs> and mine is uh the tatted cat lady.
0: Perfect. I think I actually started following both of you guys individually. So awesome. Yes. I definitely wanna keep you guys in the loop of things as I'm like evolving this show and, and whatnot. I think you guys are simply amazing if you're ever in LA if I'm ever down your way I would yes. love 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 to link do brunch do something Absolutely. It's just, it just seems so great and I, I'm just you're thrilled.
1: welcome to come out to Denver anytime Hell and we'd yes. love to go to LA yes
0: <laughs> yes let's make it happen yeah all right well earbuds remember at the end of this episode there is a bonus special quick episode for you attached to it that goes a little bit deeper and not just deeper because we did get very deep but just kind of adds on to the conversation that we were having about jealousy, compersion, dealing with different aspects of polyamory. And of course, next week, we are coming back stronger than ever with more episodes, more content for you. I gotta pull up the calendar because I don't wanna mess up this little tease. But next week, we're gonna get lewd and loud celebrating the tatas, the boobies, talking about breast cancer awareness, life after mastectomy, and more. So that's gonna be with lewd x loud next week. Remember that safe sex is the best hot sex. Till next week, good night. All right, you sexy motherfuckers out there. I told you we were going to give you some bonus footage. So right now I have a very special interview with Corey Byam. He is the director of a new movie. I would say it's a comedic thriller with a little twist um, centering around polyamory. Believe it or not, y'all. It's called Jack and Jill Really Went Downhill. Corey, thank you so much for joining me today.
3: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, Corey and I... um, It's so funny how the world works. Earbuds who have been long enough, um, who have stuck around long enough, know that I used to be a nanny. I was actually Corey's son's nanny. I literally got paid to watch the boy sleep because he was so young and so cute. I only really got to see him when he slept.
3: That's right. (laughs) Easiest gig you could ever get.
0: Oh, my God. It was the best. But um, you and your wife, honestly, probably one of the most down to earth creative geniuses I've ever met. I I adored you guys from the jump. And um, I'm so glad that we have been able to keep in touch over the years. So when you reached out and said, hey, I I got this movie. I think, you know, this concept is something that you might want to spread the word about. I, of course, don't ever decline, you know, when friends come to me with their projects. But, you know, let alone something like this. I was like, "Ooh, this is this is very interesting. I, I was with it.
3: I appreciate it. I've obviously followed your career, uh, uh across social media and whatnot. And, and when I had an idea that matched up like this, I was like, once this becomes more real, uh, I need to get Miss Sapphire in on this. Uh, and you know, <laughs> just kind of, you know, not only to get your, your two cents on it, your perspective of it, but, um, you know, we're, we're trying to build an audience as well. And, um,
0: and in a very um, unique way, I know a lot of people now have started to do a lot of crowdfunding of independent movies, which I think is just the best way to go. Just like with everything, you know, I've been around in the world of podcasting since before when people are like, what the fuck is a podcast? Like people would look at me, and they're like, what is a podcast? And yeah. now it's like, everybody, everybody I know has a podcast. And I'm like, all right, cool. I got to get out of my lane my own lane that I have been like a pioneer in but um yeah I feel like especially because you are a filmmaker a writer a director you know I feel like this is the way to go nowadays to get you know unheard voices seen heard the whole nine
3: Definitely. I mean, uh, we're very excited about it. It's my first experience doing a a crowdfund campaign. Obviously, I I tend to operate from the perspective of what you don't know. You surround yourself with people who know all about it. And so that's what we did. We have a fantastic producing team. Elizabeth, my producer, uh, Gabrielle Whalen, who is um, also the co-writer of it. And our uh, female lead has been helping out just a a huge deal. Um, Yeah, and we're just kind of learning as we go. But it's a fantastic way to not only collect resources to, to help make the project real but also to build your audience ahead of the movie's existence so that you're you're kind of litmus testing it as you go
0: absolutely and for it being a short film do you guys have any um, like do you want to expand it to a more long form like hour and a half two hour standard movie or do you want to keep it as a short because personally the 15 page script I was just like I want more
3: good <laughs> that's the idea definitely I, I yeah, we definitely want to want tell more. Like, you know yeah we want to tell like a contained story within that but um, no I absolutely have a feature version of this in my back pocket that I um, you know depending on how successful the the short version is um, yeah that could that could very well become a reality
0: I love it so just to give you guys a backstory of what this um film is Corey why don't you break it down and why of course you know I said that it is centering around a very unique aspect of polyamory from a very monogamous person
3: that's I mean, right
0: yeah and it's that,
3: that's a it's such a good point and it's the one that I tend to kind of lead witness because it's it's almost the elephant in the room every time um I <laughs> as I said I'm probably the most boring guest you've had on your show oh I'm, please uh, trust me no I'm the same we, <laughs> we've, the we've
0: had some interesting ones down the okay. road
3: <laughs> I appreciate that I uh no, I'm I'm uh, cisgender, uh, straight, white, male, um, married, monogamous, and um, I'm a storyteller. Which means that if I stuck to the things that I just that I only personally experienced, it'd be boring as hell. You gotta, nobody would want to <laughs> read that. Uh, so yeah, you do have to you know branch out into different lifestyles and different um, uh, different paths and different kinds of people. And there's a way. Uh, to do that with integrity, and that is to, you know, talk to people of these communities that you would, you know, purport to to represent, um, and and speak to, um, uh, speak with people who've had experiences different from yourself. Basically, be curious and, and use those um, details and, and the, the color that they can give you with their experience and use that to, to inform your storytelling, inform the narrative. And so the, uh, the basic premise is a, an estranged couple, uh, male and woman. Uh, Male and woman Man and woman uh, (laughs) Find themselves kidnapped And tied up in the back of a moving car And because they're unable to trust the police Because they may or may not be involved in, In some of the shady dealings That they've been caught up in They end up calling their group therapy session Which is going on right now They're missing it by being tied up but it happens to be role play night at their group therapy and their calls, you know, their cries for help are misinterpreted as just a role play exercise. So they have to, they're, they're truly alone. They have to figure it out on their own. But because we have this other group um, group therapy session, we have the ability to not only juxtapose between the tension and the act, you know, the the scene in the trunk is the action part of the movie. The scene in the group therapy is the, uh, is the comedic element largely. And we decided uh, my writing partner, Gav and I, uh, that uh, something that hasn't really been shown much. Uh, we've all we've all seen couples therapy. I have never seen um, therapy couples therapy for uh, polyamorous individuals.
0: And believe it or not, y'all they they do exist. <laughs> there there are plenty of polyamorous, you know, support groups, you know, because we're trying to steer away from the word poly, for instance, because okay. we don't want to offend um, Polynesian communities. Um, because, oh, okay. of course, Polynesians, they, they do call themselves poly. So we don't like this is something also new that was brought to my attention. Yes. Yes, you guys. You know, I like to stay up on, and be informed on things. You know, I like to reclaim my ignorance every now and again. We've all, we all need to just own up to our mistakes. But yeah, so, um, yeah, so poly, um, polyamorous support groups are, you know, overall, um, all over the place. I would say, you know, it's very interesting not to cut off. Um, it's very interesting how now all of a sudden that polyamory is starting to be seen. I keep saying that I've been seeing, I've been seeing myself but not seeing myself ever since quarantine,
3: I was wondering about. I was. I was just about to ask you that. Do you think it has anything to do with um, people's experience in quarantine? If Ah, if...
0: Uh, see, I gotta say, I I don't know. I really don't know where all of a sudden, and even when I talk to my friends and colleagues in the polyamorous community, we have all been like, where? Why in the hell? Has everybody just, like, taken the word polyamory and made it a trend, a fad? Like, um, I know I talked to you off air, but, you know, especially ever since Red Table Talk with Jada uh, and Willow Smith and their um, her mom, um, Jada's mom, it seems like now all of a sudden everybody wants to talk about polyamory, but it's it's the way that polyamory is being shown in the media. It's still watered down. Um yeah. Things that we even talked about off air, like sure. um, as you actually, yes. Why don't you tell them a little absolutely. bit more and then why I had to, after reading the script, I was like, you know, I got to I got to point this one thing out to you.
3: That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I had um, I had come to you as well. Let's let's tell the story of how I ended up here. Yeah. I reached out to you. And you being a good friend and being a supporter of the arts, we're like, absolutely, come on the show. And I was like, please read the script first. Please make sure that you're okay with this because I want – I know that there's going to be some wrinkles. I know that there's – you know, talking about owning your ignorance, man, that's how I I enter a room. (laughs) Uh, Like, you know, my heart is in the right place, but I do not have all the details. I need – I need – you to help me with this please and uh, so that we can do this correctly and uh, and you read it and you know you you enjoyed it you you liked the the project but there were a couple small details that you wanted to point out and the one thing that i continue to learn uh, and and continue to evolve the project as a result of Is that polyamory And that lifestyle is not So closely linked to sexuality It's not so closely linked to sex And and a physical relationship It is just as much if not more Maybe you tell me um, about an emotional Connection
0: It's everything, it embodies everything Um, Everybody's journey into polyamory Is different Um, I've met several couples Who are polyamorous But not so much um, Polyamorous with you know sex behind it it's more so you know they have this multiple you know relationship connection with other you know people but they most it's not about you know orgies that's what people always allude to that oh you know you're you're poly oh so you must have threesomes and i'm like yeah it's a it's kind of norm you know if i am with you know certain partners but it's not a requirement in my relationship cl- yeah it's sure. not a that's the
3: clickbait element of it though to for crossover appeal you know, oh, for the straights one thousand
0: per- <laughs> one thousand percent or you know there was um in the script that you sent me you know i had to um after talking to you i was like hey you know just to let you know polyamory is not just you know bringing in a third like i get it Monogamous couples want to spice it up in the bedroom. So, what do they, you know, always jump to is threesome and it's not always the case because when you're in a polyamorous relationship, sometimes that uh, polyamorous relationship may involve three people, four people, five people, six people, as many, you know, fucking people as you want, which is called a polycule at that point when it's more than four people involved. And at the same time, it's not like, you know, you have to be a couple to be polyamorous. You can be solo polyamorous and go on your own journey. You can be solo, um polyamorous in a coupled relation uh relationship which is what i'm in you know my my boyfriend my anchor my primary however you want to call him he he's on a solo polyamorous journey on his own he goes out and dates other people that i might not be sexually or even just emotionally connected to me myself i've been dabbling back and forth which you guys will hear um which you heard in this episode I myself am going back and forth, you know, how polyamorous am I? Because I'm what they call polysaturated. I'm cool with the connections and sexual connections that I have. I'm not yeah. really going out and just whoring myself, right. you know, to go out and like, you know, meet up with other people. Because right. I don't have that much time. I don't have that much capacity.
3: <laughs> Saturated, man.
0: Saturated as hell. Like- <laughs> you don't
3: know come- come to think of it i think i was polyamorous in in my 20s i was on i was on a single journey really well i i I don't know i just dated a lot of people
0: well you might have been it's not the same you might have been in open relationships now that's thing too people always get it kind of twisted too where you know you'll see especially in television and movies now you know people always say like yeah i'm polyamorous and i'm like this is (laughs) an open relationship situation because uh-huh. open relationships there's no you know you really don't set boundaries in polyamorous relationships you kind of have to set a boundary so important
3: that, that makes all the sense in the world absolutely yeah. with, think- from a place of mutual respect and
0: yeah absolutely mutual respect mutual time that's the thing too that's why you know the ongoing joke is let me check my google calendar I remember the first time I came across a polyamorous couple before I was even remotely curious or knew that I was polyamorous myself. I had them on and they're like, yeah, Saf, we would love to hang out with you, but we got to check our Google calendar. I was like, what the fuck? Y'all have a calendar? And let me tell you, my calendar is full this month. Like I've it's had it's stacked like It's between work, my partners, and I share um, a shared calendar with my primary because we live together. We're kind of like, all right, um, you got to go over to married girlfriend's house and, oh, you want to have a date night. But you can't because you're a writer and I need you to focus on your writing. Like, I got to focus on my voice work. So, you know, we keep each other accountable for our actions all the time. Um, But, yeah, so not to digress, you know, I, I had to... Um, talk to you about you know hey I don't know it doesn't offend me but I know it may offend others you know coming across as like well why aren't we seeing a poly dynamic a polyamorous dynamic more than three why yeah. is it just you know single dot to just three or the fact that someone might be reading the script without seeing it first And they're already saying, well, these are more just couples who just want to have threesomes. And I'm not hearing anything besides the word polycule being thrown out. Yeah. Polycule, again, is resorting to a whole community that may be romantically linked or may not be romantically linked, but they're all connected some way or form. Like I have a polycule or I call my tribe. Not all of us have sex with each other, but we, you know hang out we go to movies we go to dinner one of us had gave birth so you know we're that support system yeah uh, it's absolutely. the chosen family unit
3: definitely and it's um, something that i you know really want to treat with the utmost respect when you're when you're telling a story that's outside of your own uh, wheelhouse so to speak um as i said there's a way to do it with integrity
0: One thousand percent. We, we never
3: wanted to use this as a fad or as a gimmick what i was most interested in was the characters that make them up and and the fact that i that we found a through line that we found a, a a universal need among all individuals in a relationship to maintain a, f- a sense of freshness to keep to keep you your partner or your partners engaged to keep things unique to keep them you know fresh and 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 you know uh married um straight monogamous couples can relate to that i imagine uh married gay monogamous couples can relate to that as well and just the idea of i i love the fact that you can fill a room with with this amount of people from so many different ethnicities orientations and and different um uh, cultural makeups really um and find an issue that they are all leaning in on at the exact same time, that they're all there for the exact same reason because they need the same thing. They go about different ways to get it, but it's it's part of the human experience.
0: Yeah. 1000%. And the fact that you put it into a way of one, not every couple thinks group therapy or even therapy in general works. And I tell people all the time, whether you're monogamous, non-monogamous, um, polyamorous you know it doesn't matter everybody needs therapy okay i've
3: been in therapy for 10 years my wife's studying to be a therapist now yes yeah
0: Yeah. everybody everybody needs needs therapy and that's why i always say throughout the show over the years keep open communication too because we do check-ins i do check-ins bi-weekly to make sure that my you know relationship is intact because you don't wait until shit hits the fan. That's what, yes, drives couples to therapy in the first place. They wait until shit hits the fan and then they decide, well, fuck it. If we don't go to a therapist, that's it. Right. But by then it's always it's already it's already over. If you're if you're resorting to therapy as the last resort and not just making it as a fundamental tool to be better in your relationships, regardless of where you are on the spectrum, yeah, it doesn't matter.
3: No, it's not a Band-Aid, it's it's something, it's maintenance. Absolutely. It's it's preventative care.
0: It is. Um, I think a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, because let's face it, you know, everybody likes to go to that one designated friend, but it's like, you don't know what that friend's going through. That friend might not have the same experience, you know, as you. And of course they're going to be more biased because when you bring in friends into your therapy sessions about, you know, your partner, of course they're always going to choose your side. Right. One thousand (laughs) percent. So there's no objectivity there. None, none whatsoever. And I think that with a project like this, again, I want more long form because one, it's a crazy ass concept that happens, and you guys can already elude the fact that you start off the the film with this couple being trapped in a car.
3: Yeah, we we start right in it. Jump right right in in it. They get
0: stuck in a car. Then they're calling into a role playing night. Therapy session, so already the communication is fucked. Okay, the communication <laughs> is fucked right then and there.
3: It's just great because it's you know it's a situation where everybody's already so raw to begin with. So there's going to be some ugly truths come out. There's going to be some you know, and I think the world of people who put themselves in that position. And you know, the script talks about love languages. We were talking about this off uh, off air as well. That my love language is humor, and you know, uh, to tease someone. Um, from from a, a place of love is I think the highest compliment you can pay somebody and, and absolutely. I- I want to extend that to our brothers and sisters of different ethnicities, orientations, uh, uh, to, you know, I, rather than lionize them, rather than make them a hero in every, in every filmed movie, you know, that they're like, you know, they're a hero. Like, well, that sounds exhausting. What if, what if they were just normal people like us? Imagine that, uh, you know, and we can all laugh at ourselves together. That's, that, that is my goal. And I will say that the, the, the straight couple are the, The ones who have their shit the least together out of everybody in that room.
0: And I actually even like how the ending was kind of normal per se. Like, I don't want to spoil it, but it definitely has a more realistic ending than I thought was going to happen. Because um, honestly, again, polyamory is not for everybody.
3: Exactly, and we're telling it through the point of view of a couple of tourists. Really. Yes, and, you know, and the group itself is, is I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh um, no, no, you're fine. But the group itself is meant to be, you know, a group of newbies trying this and are being guided through it by a, a very comical, uh, you know, therapist um, who, you know, and and thanks to and largely in part because of your input, we um, are now integrating more into. Uh, Into the story that this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just you know This is a baby step you all have taken and if it works for you There there are more options there are more, you know, you can there's a whole path that you can that you can go on so to And that was also a bit me staying somewhat in my lane as well not going too far off uh, You know into uncharted territory that I don't know that's that's not necessarily my story to tell but I want to uh, at least you know
0: Knock a hole through the wall a little bit Yeah knock a bit of Into the world of curiosity for others To kind of sure. give them a you know A clue a hint and insight And again I'm glad that you are Using the input of others and not Just inserting your Heterocyst Thinking <laughs> like most scripts Are because again even In L word generation Q They briefly talk about polyamory And all my friends Know I was like fuck you guys like here we go again the l word had its problematic issues with you know dealing with their trans characters and now here we are we don't know what the fuck we're doing with polyamory and you know you have somebody who's uncomfortable with it but it's like did y'all communicate before you got married did you communicate if you say you know your partner you need to meet your partner's needs you know, See, that's, another th- selfish. Yeah.
3: that's another through line. That's so great. That, that is just communication. It's it's the exact same need for every type of relationship.
0: One thousand um, percent.
3: Yeah. 1, yeah. And, I, I, and I really just take my hat off to to the couples uh, or molecules who who do it, who who um, uh, take the time to be vulnerable in front of their partner or partners to have a more authentic experience with them and and to you know say look I don't need to be right here but this is this is the situation you know how, how do we make this work um it takes a lifetime to figure out
0: it really does so I don't want to keep you much of your time I know you're celebrating your birthday this weekend which is Thank awesome you. so happy birthday Thank you. um if people want to be a part of this journey this experience if you will Where can they get in touch with you? You know, if they want to find, follow you on Instagram, um, social media, where can they get in touch?
3: Absolutely. You can, uh, we're set up on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, I believe at uh, Jack and Jill movie. Uh, Just go to that. link <laughs> go to find our page on there i'm still I'm very new to it i i, I get
0: no worries i'll ride. also <laughs> include um in the uh description of this episode you guys i will make sure to put in the seed and spark link where people can Thank do you. the gofundme
3: exactly that's right we're doing a, a promotion actually until the end of this weekend where we have uh a an angel investor who is matching all of our donations up to five thousand dollars so if we can raise it if uh, if you would like to help get this project off the ground. Uh, we could use your help. We'd love to, to have you a part of the team.
0: You said this ends on um, October 23rd or?
3: The fundraiser itself ends on the 28th, I believe. 28th. October Perfect.
0: 28th. So you guys got basically almost two and a half weeks left to help. We've got some time,
3: yeah. And we, you know, we, we set our budget kind of low. Uh, because we, we weren't sure, again, it's our first fundraiser. We didn't know how well this was going to work. Uh, so we, you know, we cut quite a bit of cost to try to get, our, you know, our first round of funding in. If we can exceed that and get to our stretch goals so we can pay our performers, you know, their their full rates, we don't have to defer anything to any of the cast or crew, then we don't have to do this again in the spring after we've shot it. So, um, yeah, we're hoping for a good turnout. We want to tell a, a, a happy story. We want to put some love into the world. Um, I, I need more of it. I, I don't know about you, but it just.
0: I'm always in search for new love. Just I need the good energy because whew, twenty twenty yes. even twenty twenty one has been a shit year. Let's be it, it, honest it's been, too. It's been tough. Yeah. It's been
3: tough. And this one, you know, we get a bunch of, you know, great people in a room together and we have a laugh and uh, the, and it's, it's amazing for me to, to work with the actors, too, because we're so informed by the people that we bring on to the role. And then they start I, – then I fire the writer, who was me, and, <laughs> and, uh, our, <laughs> our co-writer, Gab, as well. But, uh, uh, and then I put my director hat on, and then we start working with the roles and make them authentic. And we have um, you know, a, a very significant LGBTQ presence in front of and behind the camera – um uh transgender um and i it's i'm I'm learning so much and 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 we're we're making it authentic as we go and that's that's a beautiful thing
0: we need more of it so again check out jack and jill really went downhill links everything is going to be in the description of this episode so if you are enticed by Corey's awesomeness i think you nailed it buddy i don't think you were born at all So you're the coolest, (laughs) but if you guys are interested, please, please, please check out the film. And, you know, when I have to bring on folks and I talk about projects, you know, I keep it 100. So I'm not going to bullshit you guys to say that, you know, this is a very interesting take that I am really just excited to see what flourishes and comes out of it in the next couple of months.
3: I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. All right, earbuds, I will catch y'all next week. The fun continues with more eargasms to come. So keep it locked. Sapphire's EarPlay on all streaming platforms. Good night. That was the show, all you sexy motherfuckers out there. Now remember, Ms. Radio Sapphire on Instagram, Twitter. For more EarPlay fun, go to iTunes, all podcasting platforms.